Well, well, well. Welcome to your favorite Thursday podcast. I'm Nick Mitchell. And I'm Scott Tedford Barnes. And you are listening to Legends of Sportsball, an educational celebration of useless jock knowledge. Thank you for joining us. We have a very special episode today, don't we, Scotty? Ready to lay it on thick. It is Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. So... Don't be an embarrassing drunk white person. <laughs> Take it from us. <laughs> All right. Pace um, yourselves. <laughs> drink, a, drink a fucking water. <laughs> <laughs> drink some water. All right. Um, so for with your fajitas, we will have a scoreboard stumper, flex seal of the week. Uh, we have three notable jabronis. We'll get into our Hall of Fame inductee, Tuffy Rhodes. Following the deep dive, we'll get into our stumper answer. We'll go to church. We've got two shampoos, mm-hmm. and we'll send you on your merry little way. So, without further ado, hit me, baby, one more time with that scoreboard stumper, Scotty. All right. Well, it's you know it's baseball season, it's NBA playoffs, but it's also NHL playoffs. You know, yeah, baby. <sighs> with NHL playoffs going on, I want to know what is the NHL record for the most consecutive playoff series won. It's insane. Is it 16 playoff series won in a row? 19 or 21? This is a run that was unrivaled. (laughs) I think just because you said it's ridiculous, I'm going to say 21. I do remember, I do remember some like very dominant, NHL teams, for as limited my knowledge of the NF- NHL is, um, I can recall some very dominant franchises yeah. that, that reigned for years. This one was a surprise to me, so I'm excited to unveil it. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to that later. Moving on to our Flex Seal of the Week. The super strong waterproof tape. That can instantly patch, bond, seal, and repair. Each week, we recognize a franchise transaction that in no way fills the needs of the organization. This week, we got a repeat offender. Yeah, yeah, follow-up. putting an additional layer of flex seal <laughs> on Cam Robinson. Yay! Left tackle the Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> who in an unprecedented... and <laughs> <In> unnecessary. ...state <laughs> of affairs, have... Signed a three-year contract with a guy that they franchise tagged unexpectedly. Yeah. You, you don't see that often. No, if you recall, he is ranked 48th among... 48th? 48th, 48th ranked, tackle. Yeah, 48th among qualifying left tackle of all tackles. Actually, not any left tackles, just all tackles last season. They franchised to him the year before... They were set to franchise him this year, but instead of making sixteen point seven million with the franchise tag, he will instead be paid eighteen million this year. Um, once again, Jacksonville Jaguars doubling down on mediocrity. All right, moving on to notable jabronis. <laughs> All right, first up, we've got another uh, NFL uh, offensive lineman. Actually, it's. Former NFL offensive lineman Olin Krutz uh, was fired from CHGO Sports in Chicago for attacking a co-worker. Yeah. Uh, Keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the six-time Pro Bowler um, was, you know, had a 
physical altercation with an employee on Monday, and he is fired. You know, effective immediately. Um, they were shocked by the incident at the station. He then, of course, lays it on with a social media post. Olin Cruz posted a picture of Mike Tyson that said, "Social media made y'all way too comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the face for it." I mean, that's in relation to you know Mike Tyson dealing with a person on an airplane, which is yeah, that's like apples to unicorns, <laughs> you know, first off, Mike Tyson wasn't at work. <laughs> he does not work on the plane. <laughs> yeah. And like, I seriously doubt that it was the same kind of comments made towards Olin that were made to Mike Tyson. Yeah. <sighs> Well, you know. What a way to handle it, dude. <laughs> I hate cancel culture. I hate cancel culture. No, you're, an a- you're an asshole. That's what's up. <laughs> All right. We're done with you, Olin Crutz. <laughs> Moving on to Hugh Jackson. Yeah. Our next notable jabroni. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's been jabbing at us several times on this program. <laughs> but anyway, this time it's for comments he made about the Browns tanking. Yeah. He made social media posts about how the Browns had tanked and he'd been paid for it and he did not follow up on any of those um, statements. He backed them up, which I'm, you know, which is shady as hell. And he never provided any testimony uh, prior to his arbitration proceedings. So he didn't help with anything. (laughs) He's walking it back again. Like, I don't get it, dude. You don't help the investigation if you say stupid stuff out in public and then you completely don't follow up with it. Like, way to go, dude. Where's your integrity? Uh, footage not found. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was not a great running backs coach. Got pro- uh, promoted to offensive coordinator. Was not the best offensive coordinator. Got promoted to head coach of Oakland. Then people got fired and died. He ended up GM of Oakland. And he made so many horrible moves in the short time that he was allowed to, (laughs) you know, uh, make roster moves for them. It was a total disaster. That guy just failed upwards. Yeah. And now he's out of the league. Anyway, moving on to our third and final notable jabroni, Jerry West. (laughs) Jerry West. Jerry West is not based in reality. I mean, like (laughs) (laughs) that works on two levels. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, latest from the logo, Jerry West himself, he's complaining about his depiction in winning time. The uh, HBO series about the uh, Lakers dynasty. And Which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, check that out. Yeah, awesome show. Um, of course, it's not it's not factually accurate at all. They have a disclaimer before the show starts that it's a fabrication of events. You know that you know are based in you know somewhat historical. Yeah, time. there are like events and names and characters have been changed. Yeah, for dramatic effect. Yeah, so. <laughs> Read the book, first of all, by you know <laughs> Jeff Perlman. But um, he said he's willing to take his course against his, his case against HBO to the Supreme Court because he's mad about his defamation. I'm taking it straight to the top. Like, dude, just another thing why we need to change Kobe to the logo, right? Yeah, so we're officially announcing our concession for Kobe Bryant um, to be the new logo um, for the NBA to replace yeah. Jerry West. Yeah. And um, you, you might be hearing us talk about it in future weeks. We're going to be campaigning 
I think we can get it done. I yeah. think there's enough firepower behind it before these two white dudes got on board, but yeah, you know, but we're here for it. <laughs> and he pushes a push, right? <laughs> like we're going to, yeah, we're going to buckle up our bootstraps and try to make this happen. All right. Moving on to our hall of fame inductee, Tuffy Rhodes. Carl Derrick Rhodes was born August 21st, 1968 in Cincinnati, Ohio. Carl gained the nickname Tuffy in his youth, attributed to his seriousness that he brought to the game of baseball. Tuffy attended Western Hills High School in Cincinnati. Hi, just like Pete Rose. Yeah. After graduation, he was drafted as an outfielder in the third round of the 86 MLB Amateur Draft by the Houston Astros. He made his big league debut in 1990, recording one home run, three RBIs, and 21 hits in 86 at-bats. Tuffy bounced between AAA and the majors for the next three seasons for Houston before joining the Chicago Cubs in late 1993. The Cubs' starting center fielder, Glenn Allen Hill, was injured to begin the 1994 season. Tuffy would get the start on opening day. The 25-year-old leaped at the opportunity and into the record books by hitting a home run in each of his first three at-bats. Rhodes received regular playing time but would only hit five more home runs over 308 plate appearances, finishing with a 234 batting average. Way to flame out. <laughs> Tuffy was waived the following season and picked up by the Boston Red Sox, but would be demoted to AAA after just 10 games and released at the end of the season. At the age of 26, Tuffy was faced with the career choices of spending more time in the minors, going to Japan to play, or becoming a firefighter. He bet on himself and signed a contract with the Kintetsu Buffaloes in the Pacific League of the Nippon Professional Baseball and began a legendary career in Japan. In his first season, Rhodes hit for a 293 average with 27 home runs and 97 RBIs. In 2001, Tuffy tied the NPB record for home runs in a season with 55, the mark set by NPB all-time home, home run leader, and we've talked about him before on this show, Sadaharu O. Unfortunately, Tuffy was often pitched around or intentionally walked as an as is tradition when foreign-born players approach Japanese-held records. Along with the 55 homers, he'd finish with 131 RBIs, a 327 average, and the Pacific League MVP award. Had a baby tough. Yeah. Rhodes hit 288 home runs for the Buffaloes, but in 2004, he was granted free agency and signed with the Yomi Uri Giants. He hit 45 home runs in 04 and 27 in 2005, but would be sidelined with an injury that caused him to be released. Tuffy attempted to return to the majors in 2006 with the Cincinnati Reds, but was cut by the team in spring training, and he decided to spend the 2006 season with his family instead of swatting home runs. He returned to Japan in 2007 with the Oryx Buffaloes and showed zero rust, batting 291 <laughs> with 42 homers and 96 RBIs. After 10 seasons in NPB, Tuffy became the second foreign player to accrue the service time required to no longer be counted as a foreign player for roster purposes. Yeah, that's an award, really rarely given out. The next season, Rhodes teamed with fellow foreign-born slugger Alex Cabrera. Nice. Rhodes hit 40 home runs and drove in 118 runs as the Buffaloes made an improbable run to the playoffs, giving their team their first playoff appearance since 1996. Their luck would run out early as the Buffaloes would be swept by Yu Darvish and the Hakaido Nippon Ham Fighters. 
<laughs> Tuffy made 2009 his final season where he batted 309 with 22 home runs. In 13 years in the MPB, Tuffy hit 464 home runs, which is 13th all time, drove in 1,269 runs, and finished with a career batting average of, 200, of 286. In the years since retirement, Tuffy has been enjoying life, watching his son go off to college at, at Cincinnati, and residing in Arizona. He acknowledges that he'd love to be inducted in the Japanese Baseball Hall of Fame, or even be given the chance to manage in, in the NPB. Tuffy Rhodes took a chance on himself and turned his struggling career into a Hall of Fame worthy resume. And for that, he is a legend. Truly a legend. Yeah. Yeah, very impressive career. I remember, yeah, he was one of those guys that was supposed to be like all world, like going to be one of the great players, like on a Ken Griffey Jr., Frank Thomas level. And, and he just like, yeah, it seems like it just like he flamed out, like you said. And, um, Kudos to him, shampoo to him for like, <laughs> yeah, for just like pushing through and like turning his career around. I mean, almost 500 home runs in 13 seasons. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, the pitcher uh, on opening day when he hit those three, three home runs off of him, all three off Dwight Gooden. Wow. All three off Dwight That's Gooden great on opening day. Right That's great. Um, he bet his career MLB statistics was a 224 average with 13 home runs and 44 RBIs. His yeah, his NPB stats are you know just well Hall of Fame worthy in my opinion. He's a 10-time NPB All Star. He's a one-time MVP. He's a seven-time Best Nine Award, which is an NPB award for like it's like you're like the, you're the, you're the number one player at that position. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty much yeah, first team All Pro. All um, Pro. Yeah. Seven-time and Best Nine, four-time home run leader, three-time leader of the RBIs. It's funny that he tied um, Sadaharu O's 55 home run record, but it, that was shattered um, by Vladimir Ballantin, also a former Red. Yep. Uh, with 60. Uh, Incredible. Yeah. In 2013, um, the funny thing is. Uh, the year after Tuffy hit 55, Alex Cabrera, also a Red, hit 55 too. <laughs> Four Reds over in Japan. I yeah, mean, you just know. Kevin Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, Red's got a lot of connections over there. All right, Tuffy Rhodes, truly a legend. Indeed. All right, moving on to Scotty's scoreboard stumper answer. All right, so the, the question is, what is the NHL record for most consecutive playoff series won? So this run happened from 1980 to 1983. Was it was it 16 series one, 19 or 21? Dang, I mean, if it was four seasons, I feel like it can't be 21. But that's what I guess. So I'm sticking to it. All right. So it's 19. Wow, that's a lot of series one consecutively. The uh, the New York Islanders. Islanders. Yeah, I was thinking about like the great teams of the '90s. I did not expect it to be um, go that far back. Yeah, they yeah they won four straight Stanley Cups. No one else has done it, and that's for an American team too. That's rare. I mean, you look back in history and you see like Toronto Maple Leafs, a million of those. Like Canadian, the Canadians have the most, or something like that. I remember the Penguins were dominant for so long, and I remember the Gretzky teams with the Kings were dominant for a while. Oilers, Red Wings. I was thinking one of those teams like was going to be the team that had a record like that, but you know, that's what's great about legends of sports ball. Yep, little facts. Yeah. All right, so moving on to church. 
All right, thoughts and prayers to the family of Lauren Burnett, 20-year-old softball player at James Madison, um, who uh, passed away. They called it suicide, and uh, they canceled the rest of their season. Yes. Uh, thoughts and prayers to all our teammates, all affected. All just, our family. Once again, just terrible news. Yeah, she was um, a really good player from like what the article I read said. Mm-hmm. So she helped them um, make a big run in the College World Series just previous to that. So, all right. So if you or someone you know is suffering from thoughts of suicide, please call the National Suicide Prevention Line at 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. Um, let's turn our spirits around with shampoos. Hell yeah. Uh, first up on shampoos, we got shampoo to Kelsey Whitmore. Legend. Um, first woman to appear in an Atlantic League game. And she's like one of the early trailblazers for women in Major League Baseball. Hell yeah. She appeared as an outfit. She's both a pitcher and an outfielder for the Staten Island Ferry Hawks of the Atlantic Atlantic League of Professional Baseball. It's minor leagues. Um, she, yeah, she, what she, she went over two at the plate and hit by pitch. Yeah, she was over <laughs> two and she had three plate appearances. Her second plate appearance, she got hit by pitch. She struck out her first plate appearance, but then they hit her in the second one. She, so. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's a badass. Um, Great career. Um, she's been playing for, well, she played for the United States women's national baseball team from 2014 to 2019, where she posted a 1.35 ERA as a pitcher. Breaking. That is nasty. Chaperoning, you might say. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, shampoo you, Kelsey Whitmore. She said she wants to go all the way to the top. Her uh, goal is to make it to the majors. I so. hope so. So we got your back. Let's see it. Let's see you make it happen. All right. And then we've got one more shampoo. Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. They wear their heart on their sleeve at the NFL draft. They like to pace the draft so that they can create ratings and use all these little videos that they had these interns they underpay make. (laughs) And um, Detroit put a little puddle on their plans. Yeah. uh, Detroit. Dra- wanted to dra- wanted to draft Aiden Hutchinson so bad from Michigan that as soon as it was their turn to draft, they submitted it so too fast that the league actually got pissed off about it. They were like, <laughs> you know, it's usually like down to like you know a minute or two left. It says the pick is in, but it's like, well, the Lions were like, nope, pick is in. <laughs> pick was in. Pick was in. <laughs> NFL was pissed off about the timing. They really screwed things up. So, cheers, cheers to the Lions for being excited about making their team better. Maybe um, if NFL Network wasn't like spending every waking moment telling you who the first pick was going to be so that they knew what their second pick was going to be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of course they know what their pick is. There's only one pick ahead of them and you're just blasting it on the TV 24 hours a day. <laughs> well, it was, I used to spread my lovable loser, you know, mojo towards the Browns and the Lions, but with the Browns really, you know, descending into the pits of hell and, dis- and signing Deshaun Watson, I get to give all that energy to the Lions now. Yeah, let's do that. So, you know, like, lovable loser, let's go Lions, you know, uh, let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, that that division's all over the place. So it could be Go a fun, fun team. Yeah. All right. Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our other episodes available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legends of Sportsball. You can also find us on Twitter at L Sportsball. That's at the letter L Sportsball. 
Make sure to become a member of our Facebook group, The Best and Worst of Sports Twitter, a subsidiary of Trevbook, to join the conversation and revel in sport in real time. All right, tune in Thursday, May 19th, as we induct Theo Fleury. Thank you once again for listening to Legends of Sports Ball. May the sports be with you. Always.